0: they say love is patient they say love
1: is kind marriage on the other hand takes those things plus wine spousing is a journey not for the faint of heart being married to a human is a science and an art hey katie
0: hey lauren how are you Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm finally good. I've been sick for eternity. You truly have. I have, and I feel like if you could have heard me three days ago, it was a whole different story, but I feel a lot better. Do you think
1: it was the plague, or? Yeah, it was definitely the Spanish flu. That's what it was. Okay, all Mm -hmm. right, well. I blame the rats on the yeah. house power.
0: <laughs> I blame the sewage in the streets.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we really got to do something about that open sewage. <laughs> yeah, we really do. Camp Hill.
0: Oh, my gosh. How are you doing?
1: I am great. Um, I am currently drinking a beer that I... Okay, so here's the setting. I ran to the store after um, work, and I'm there, and I'm like, okay, I have to pick up, like, two things for dinner, and I need to, like, grab I want to grab some beer, and of course, I'm walking up, and I hear Mrs. Aversa.
0: I turn oh, around. Gosh. I'm like,
1: "Cute!" It's like one of my kids. This and is Mark's then nightmare. She like follows me around. Oh, she's so cute, but also she just like kept like pe- she didn't want to stay and talk. She's like fly- shy and flirty, you know, with me. And she kept uh-huh. like, "How? What? What corner. is she like? Second grade? Fifth? Okay. So oh wow, that's a little old. like yeah, too old for this. Not too old in the sense that like if she was like a first grader, she might not know that I'm like." like where the beer and wine section is yeah the fifth graders definitely know so like i yeah. wasn't gonna get away with it so anyway i finally like shake her off my tail grab the beer and run out of the store or go to run out or like check out obviously and um the grandmother finds me wants to have like a quick conference as i've got my credit card like in the machine like i'm checking uh, out. were you like, like so?
0: bitch i am not on the clock <laughs> right now seriously were you like i bill okay. my billable rate is a hundred dollars an hour
1: Exactly. Okay, this is a PSA for all of you wonderful people and we know that you mean well. People out there who have children and you think about your kids, you see their kid your kids teacher, you you know it's hard to get times with them. I get it, you wanna speak about your child, email me and make an appointment. Please do not talk to me at Target. (laughs) Don't approach me when I'm out to dinner. I feel like you're
0: like a celebrity being like, if I'm with my friends and family, do not approach me. Do
1: not even. Yeah, it's true. Don't approach me. I
0: don't want to take a picture with you. I don't want to talk about your child's grades.
1: (laughs) I know. Seriously, truly. Are you uh, imbibing currently? I am,
0: and I feel terrible about it. Don't tell my sister-in-law, because I told her that I was going to do dry January with her, oh. but earlier you were talking about rituals, and I was just thinking, I'm, I, this is, I'm pretty, we were talking about how we were pretty ritualistic about the podcast, and yes. like, what we do, and how we sit down, and like, we're always in the same spot, and I always wear the same outfit. Lauren has a specific pair of podcasting pants that she I decided sure to change tonight, <coughs> um, and we always have a drink, and so... <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe I'm not. Maybe the Spanish flu is still around. Yeah. It's a tough one to kick. It is. Yeah. So, yeah. We always have a drink. And I am – maybe I'm just going to do, like, a damp January instead. A damp? (laughs) Yeah. I haven't had a drink since – I haven't had a – well, this is – I sound like I've got a problem. But I haven't had a drink since New Year's because I've been so sick. And, I frankly, I don't have, like, an appetite for it. But it is a ritual. like, And that's – I think that alcohol – in that capacity is actually, like, the healthiest way to have alcohol. Like, as an enjoyment and a sipping experience. So, yes, I am imbibing, but not anything that's actually to be enjoyed. I'm imbibing a can of yingling left over from uh, New Year's, so. Nice, nice. Did you know that Uh, in Pennsylvania, when they order a yingling at the bar, they don't order a yingling, they just order a lager? And the bartender just knows.
1: Yeah, the bartender just knows that it's a yingling. That's fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm. That is so fascinating
1: that. I almost forgot that I was going to tell you, I, as us, we here at Spousing, we're uh, advocates of responsible drinking and we don't want you to drink all the time. And, oh, we just drink when we record the podcast, but yeah, I guess if right. you
0: don't know us, then you think that we're always drinking,
1: so. <laughs> which was truer in 2000. Are you just saying
0: this because I made it seven days into dry January?
1: No, I'm not. Wow. No. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get
0: defensive. Uh wow. Are you lashing out? Yeah, maybe I'm <laughs> lashing out because of, a. yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'm Maybe mm-hmm. i lashing out because I haven't been drinking for seven days. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. That is so, why. So, mm-hmm. well, anyway, I do think that I would benefit from uh, just, like, drinking on the weekends or something. But, you know, it's that time of year where, like, you just want to kind of be done with the garbage. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Out um, with the garbage. Out with the garbage, and with, the... with the What's the opposite of garbage? Treasures. (laughs) Treasures. (laughs) Treasures. Out with the garbage, in with the treasures. That's right. Um, Uh,
1: That's what I'm going to be
0: thinking about, like, water and spinach as my treasures. What? (laughs)
1: Spinach. Oh, you know what Caitlin says about spinach? That because of the way the vitamins are she should talk about this because she's way more knowledgeable than I am but I guess is it there's folic acid and acid in spinach but what else is like the big is it iron that's also in spinach yeah
0: calcium 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 there's a lot of calcium Mm, in broccoli yeah
1: Well, whatever the nutrients are that are beneficial from eating spinach, you actually don't get them unless you pair them with a fat. So if you're eating spinach, you should also always be having like a spinach like salad with a little olive oil on it or like an avocado or bacon or something that has like a fat to help it break it down. Help me get your full.
0: Help me understand a time when somebody would eat spinach without fat. So, I mean, I don't know, but there's
1: some sad people in the like, world. Like, I'm trying
0: to imagine somebody just, like, snacking on spinach. Just gonna
1: sit down with a leaf or two. Yeah. Or <laughs> Crack just, open a nice bag of spinach.
0: Yeah. Or, like, spinach is not good. Spinach, you you feel like a cow, like, chewing on grass when you eat spinach. I do not like spinach. I It's good for me. But to quote Anne from Parks and Recreation, I know it's good for me, but God, it what cost? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love ants. Disgusting. Beautiful tropical fish. You know, you know what I want to ask you? What? What's the state of your union this week? I really want to tell you about the state of my union. However, I also want to get back to you know we were just talking about people who listen to this podcast who uh-huh. may or may not know us. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we actually had a listener question, so maybe we'll do that <gasps> first. I love listener questions. No. Okay, so this listener question comes from the West Coast. Um, oh my gosh so here's the question hey lauren and katie i've been following this newsletter for a while and this particular in the newsletter is called lit mingling she put together really spoke to me thought i'd send it your way and she sends the link and then she says i've incorporated a part of um and the quote is the guardian of your solitude piece into her vows that she's working on so she's getting married in july she says curious as already married people how you two feel on this love lay so, Lei is a dear friend of mine uh, from college, and Katie knows her as well. And um, I'm, I'm obsessed with Lei. Lei is wonderful. She just is a person that knows how to bring life. My husband
0: love. is obsessed with Lei, too. Like, Lei, can I tell you my favorite Lei story? Yes. I have not had a lot of experiences with Lei, but like, one of my life changing experiences happened with her. Lei, like, met me on my level and explained to me why I should like football. Ah, she was yes. like, let me teach you. And Mark sat there and listened, like, with his mouth, like, agape that he she was like let me teach you why you will respect football I don't really remember the points of it but I do remember that if <laughs> Leigh liked football, then I could like
1: football. Yes, I know. I, there aren't enough She's so good cool to say. that she made me want to like football. She's incredibly cool and incredibly wise. And she's a person who like knows how to be like commit to silliness and goofiness, but also you can sit and have like a really good, long, deep conversation oh, about brilliant. all kinds of yeah, very smart. Truly brilliant. That's mm-hmm. a, that's an excellent word to describe it. Okay, so the piece is called Love Start a podcast about Leigh. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Lay cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, the piece is called "The Difficult Art of Giving Space in Love," Rilke, and I think it's Rilke, R I L K E, on freedom, togetherness, and the secret to a good marriage. So it's this whole—it's a very fat. We'll put a, a link in the um, show notes. It's a fascinating read on uh, creating space in marriage for individuals. And I pulled a couple of quick quotes because the the article is a little bit long. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like the love is the thing. Like it's the actual, the love is the moving sea between two souls. Right. Um, the great Lebanese American poet, philosopher, and painter Khalil uh, Gibran counseled in what remains the finest advice on the secret to a loving and lasting relationship. So that's uh, the person that said the right. um, moving sea. Yeah. So the article goes on to talk a little bit more in depth about the paradoxical long- longing between intimacy and independence.
0: Oh, it, my God.
1: I yes. feel like
0: I think about this 24-7. I have yes. so much to say about this.
1: Yes. Okay. So she, um, and I believe this author, author I don't want to misgender anyone. Yeah. She, Maria Popova is the author of this article, and I guess this is her like, blog or newsletter that she reads it. I'm going to have to start reading this now that I've like spent a little time with it. Yeah. Um, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. She says, uh, it pulls, pulls us, is a diamagnetic force. It pulls us together, toward togetherness, and simultaneously repels us from it with a mighty magnet that, if unskillfully handled, can rupture a relationship and break a heart. Which, I love that. Like, mm. that, it, It's a a diamagnetic force. Like, it's pulling us together and repelling. Under this unforgiving magnetism, it becomes an act of superhuman strength and self-transcendence to give space to the other when all one wants is closeness. And yet, this difficult act may be the very thing, perhaps the only thing, that saves the relationship over and over. Hmm. I love You know, I
0: think you that's so poetic and that's like why you respond to that so deeply i think yes Yes. (laughs) those words are beautiful i think a lot about how we as human beings want on such a fundamental level to be inherently like free and disconnected and Mm -hmm. um untethered and we also want to be Attached and secure and safe and connected And I think that In order to have A balance of that in a relationship You have got to have like The world's most like secure foundation of trust That like I know That if we're taking time apart that we're still connected on some other wavelength, that I, and I think that there's this like intangible feeling that you have with your partner even when you are apart. Where like you know times when you're away from Caitlin and you feel disconnected from her, and times when you're away from her and you feel connected to her. Mm-hmm. Like, am I? Does that make sense? Or am I yes. the only person that feels that? Yeah. No. Like, no. No. I, that I makes feel complete like sense. without that, you can become too isolated from each other. Um, But with that sense of connection, it doesn't matter if you're away from each other or not. But then on the opposite, like that's where I tend to is Mark and I tend towards isolation. And I think a lot of couples do. Um, I work with a lot of couples that tend towards over attachment and enmeshment and Mm -hmm. like too, too attached, too connected with each other. And that's oftentimes like people who have like trauma histories and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah well and and even in in i think my own relationship if i we had to put ourselves on on the spectrum we would be closer to the the over togetherness like the the magnetism yeah. um which makes this a very fascinating discussion because we can speak kind of from opposite um yeah uh, equal and i'm so interested ends. to hear about that okay so she goes on to talk a little bit about um the, there's a a German expressionist painter named uh, Rainer Maria Rilke. And mm-hmm. um, this painter lived during uh, the late 19th century, um, died December 29th, 1926. Um, and Paula Mon- Mon- Modersen Becker is a, a letter, the person that wrote the letter to this painter. And she, she says, I hold this to be the highest task of a bond between two, between two people that each should stand guard over the solitude of the other. For, if it lies in the nature of indifference and of the crowd to recognize no solitude, then love and friendship are there for the purpose of continually providing the opportunity for solitude. And only those are the true sharings which rhythmically interrupt periods of deep isolation.
0: Hmm, I love that. Yeah. That reminds me of, I forget where I heard this, or read this, but somewhere recently, I really should start writing these things down somewhere. Recently I read that to love somebody is to, to fiercely protect their individuality. Um, Mm -hmm. and to really like to be in a, in a loving relationship with somebody is to be the fiercest protector of who they are at a deep level. Um, and and the biggest celebrant of that. And so if you're trying to change them or if you are, Um, if you don't have deep reverence for their independence, then you're not, um, honoring them, you know? Yeah. And I I really, I really resonate uh, with that.
1: That's, I mean, I feel that deeply. (laughs) Really cherishing that, like other person and all the facets of their identity, I think is, is really key. And that person can't be that true. As a separate person from you. Yeah. They can't be the truest version of themselves if they don't have the space to be it. Yes. And finding exactly. that space can be very difficult because life is, is so busy, especially for people who, you know, the most of um, like in most of our our lives today, we've got two working people who come home and all you want to do is like be together on the weekends or whatever. It's really hard to carve out intentionally carve out that space mm-hmm. to to be just you and not just you, the, the spouse.
0: Yes. And. I think a lot of times I am so protective of that that I isolate when I don't need to. And I isolate when Mark is asking to connect um, because I am so protective. I have got... I'd never in a million years thought that my journey would lead me to this place because I'm such an extrovert. And I'm so... I want to always be with people and on top of people all the time. But my work is so extroverted I do group therapy all day long and right. so my work is so extroverted and at the end of the day I'm incredibly drained the only breaks that I have during the day are when I'm doing like social work or meeting with somebody for an individual therapy session so I'm so drained and I'm so overconnected. it reminds me of this concept that like I've heard mo- young moms talk about where they feel like, they're not interested in sex at all anymore because they just feel touched out because they've been touched all day and they don't want to be touched anymore. Yeah, and, like, that's kind of how I feel about intimacy when I get home, that I've been intimate all day and I don't want to be intimate anymore. I really just want to be on my phone, like, coloring on a coloring app and, like, spacing out. And I feel that I might... And I, I need to preserve the intimacy at work, but then I definitely feel that, like... Mark really respects my need for for independence and space. But um I when he asks for more attention when I need space, I get snippy. And I okay. that's the those are the times when I am my worst self.
1: Well, okay. My question is in those moments like post work when you really need that that alone time, would you prefer that Mark be home or would you prefer that you be alone like completely?
0: I prefer that I be alone completely. Okay. Yeah. I prefer yeah. I like savor like he's going to play pickleball tonight and he might already be gone. I don't think he is, but he's going a classic Mark going to play pickleball. Um yeah. and he and I'm like looking forward to the alone time. But yeah. a part of it is that we live in like a shoebox. Yeah. So yeah. Not as right. not as small and as that I place think... that you and Caitlin lived in that one time, but small.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did have a very very small, very small place one time. Like a literal um, shoebox. <laughs> a literal shoebox, yes. A studio where yeah. I think I definitely need, um, especially post work uh, time. And I think it's funny because I don't think that Caitlin definitely needs quote unquote alone time. I think I need more external, stim- like friend time. Um, yeah. Like more than sometimes I do check out in when it's just us in a space. Um, but now, I mean, we still. Like our 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 space is actually a literal shoebox now. We're still emailing, still like trying to figure all. You have just a room. Yeah, we have just a room, and I think, but I can recall that this same narrative existed when we lived in an apartment in our own space. When I would come home from work and really need time to check out and do something like mindless, Um, and I liked that she was there, but I didn't have the energy to engage with her. So when I was reading this, the more of this. this uh, more of these words kind of resonated with me finding a project that really like got me excited and lit me up. And, and Katie and I have discussed our podcast before as a really a, a room of our own. And this is something yeah. that I haven't really made space for, made enough space for in adulthood. Like since you know since college, um, I completely agree. This is agree. something that I think I'd really cherish for that reason. It feels like just just mine. Well, it's just ours, but it's yours and mine. You to know, to say
0: it's a room of our own is the exact right way to say it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks, Virginia Woolf.
0: Yeah. Wolfstonecraft?
1: Ugh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mary Wollstonecraft, Virginia Woolf? Virginia Woolf. Virginia Woolf. Okay. Uh, Mary Wollstonecraft yeah, yeah. is Virginia Woolf's what, grandmother?
0: I have literally no clue. I took a class on Virginia Woolf and slept through the whole damn thing, so I have no clue. <laughs> I, no, and then, I bless her, Sean White. Did you ever take a class with Sean White? Uh,
1: no, but I knew of her.
0: Yeah, she's the coolest. She was so cool. And she called me on it. She like woke me up from my sleep and asked me a question. And I had to admit in front of the entire class that I had not done the reading. Whoops, I was asleep. Yeah, whoops, (laughs) I was sleeping and
1: also didn't read a room of her own. So, yeah. Um, (coughs) uh, Also, I'm wrong about Mary Wollstonecraft because she is the grandmother of Mary Shelley. Oh, mm, yeah. Mary Shelley. uh, Mother of Mary Shelley. Another wonderful
0: feminist. Um, Yes so young, so prolific, not yes. prolific, so prodigal, prodigy. a prodigy. Progeny? Pro- no. oh, well, both. She's yeah. the progeny of Mary Craft. She Stonecraft. is a prodigal pro- <laughs> progeny. Um, so tell me how, tell me about this balance. Oh, wait, wait. How do we, like, how do you okay. think we, like, yeah, well, I, I can wanna... I tell you this other thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently?
1: Yes, but I also am about okay. to quote Esther Perel. So oh I just oh thought my you gosh. might want to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made a note in the notes, so can you- like, Yeah, hold the phone. Put, yeah, Perel. put a button on that, and by that I mean put your finger on your nose.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> I hope everybody is listening to her Esther Perel's podcast. Um, what the, is the name of it?
1: Uh, where wh- should we begin? Where should we begin? It yeah. is
0: so good. It is so good. She is a master. Yes. You are listening to it, aren't you?
1: Um, here and there, I've listened oh to some episodes that, like, super mm-hmm. resonate and some that don't. So if you ha- happen on one that, that doesn't really hit with you, give it some time and try, you know, because it, she is as interesting and her conversation is as relevant as the, the her clients that she's speaking with. Uh-huh. You know, so sometimes I've listened to episodes that I'm like, I can't really relate, you know. Yeah. Um, but in general, relationships are relationships because people are people. Yeah, yeah. Um okay. Anyway. So she says in uh, the cent that the central paradox the central paradox of relationships, um, that love rests on two pillars surrender and autonomy. Because our need for togetherness exists alongside our need for separateness.
0: My gosh. I cannot tell you how much this resonates with me. I think about this all the time. Because I also feel like where is the balance, I think about where is the balance between compromising myself and, and joining together as one, you know what I mean? Like, so there's some things that like, I, that I do, or that I say, or, you know, that, that I feel like sometimes are like, that is definitely not what Katie would do if Katie was left to her own devices. But, and then I think, Is this okay to do? Like, is it okay to kind of um, blend into one (laughs) person? Yeah, and I I feel like I have – I struggle with that. Like, I feel almost some guilt about compromising because I feel in some ways like I'm – sometimes I feel like I'm, like, betraying myself. And so I think a lot about that. Like, where am I myself and where am I us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I just had a – oh, okay. Caitlin and I started doing this thing when we were planning our wedding that – when we were coming to a like, discussion about a particular wedding detail, which for those of you that have planned weddings, you know there are approximately 1.25 million like wedding details. And so we would always start a sentence by saying, well, if I were marrying me, uh-huh. I would do X. And so it's funny. It's actually carried over into our relationship even now when we're trying to decide about a particular issue. One that comes up a lot is um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not planned. Spontaneous, like, social gatherings or spontaneous, spontaneous like, social outings. Uh-huh. Um, There's something that I, and I always tell her, I'm like, if I were married to, if I were marrying me, I would just go see this person right now because they're here and I, or they're available and whatever. Caitlin is not the same, needs more, like, prep time to work herself up for a social outing and, um, so, and generally. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so funny to me because I, and I have softened to her in that way that I know that if I'm going to see somebody, I, I usually try to plan for that way in advance. And then I always give her like the option if it happens quickly. Sometimes it does. I always try to give her the option to like, um, opt out and Mm -hmm. stay home. Uh, Mm Um, but in general, I think, I think she probably, maybe that's just me white or painting, putting a rosy, uh... Seeing it through, through it, a rosy rose-colored glasses. glasses. Yes. <laughs> there you go. rose-colored. <laughs> you know what this Covering reminds me Covering it in glitter.
0: <laughs> this reminds me a little bit of the... This is... I hope this isn't too, like, off the beaten path, but it reminds me of what the Gottman Institute posted on Instagram today. I don't know if you saw this. Mm, what was it? They talk about perpetual problems. Okay. Um, they said perpetual that. problems... Um, the inevitable unsolvable problems in a relationship due to the, due to the personality or lifestyle differences due to personality or lifestyle differences. Ah, yes, the majority yes, yes. of conflicts fall into this category. Instead of trying to solve them, the key is to manage them without getting gridlocked. And so, you know, and that sounds exactly what you're talking about. That like, that's just how Caitlin is. Like you can't break Caitlin of that. That's just how she is. Yeah. And so you, you just kind of talk about it. The people that I know that are the best at this are my dad and my stepmom. My dad is not a cat person at all. Like, not a cat person in the least. But, you know, my stepmother (laughs) is... Would, like, I... In my stepmother's life, it's, like, the cats, my dad, us. Like, that's her life. Right. Those three things in that order. In that order. Right. Yeah. And to me... To me... Well, I'm not going to say this. My dad does not like cats. And so... But my dad loves Laura. And so he does whatever he... You know, he figures it out. My dad also... Laura is anal to the point of maybe being a little like obsessive about the house and how clean and beautiful the house is and yeah, to be honest it it's gorgeous, gorgeous. it's All lovely yeah and yeah. it's always perfect and like she's got two black cats and there's not not fur anywhere ever um but it's like awful like we can't go by without like 48 hours notice and yeah. and sometimes we just want to drop by and my dad It's just how it is. It used to really bother me, but now as an adult who's married, I see that as such a sign of, like, it doesn't bother him. He just accepts her for who she is. Right.
1: Yes. And And loves her because of it. So then, okay, so when I – so where do we draw the line between – this goes back to our Quality Time episode that we talked about – feigning interest, not feigning, but, like, faking it till you make it when you're dealing with a partner who has an interest that's different from yours. I like to say behaving as if you really shit. Behaving as, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Behaving as if you really give a shit. (laughs) As if you really love football. (laughs) Yeah, it's really great. So where do we draw the line between my, look? for example, I have a love of musical theater. Caitlin doesn't share that love. I want to bring her, like, I want... She enjoys plays and musicals, but we recently saw something, and she, she said afterwards, she was like, I just, I never used to sit in audiences and have people sing at me before. It just didn't used to happen. <laughs> I never
0: used to do that. Yeah. That's Mark sometimes says stuff like that, too. Right, I mean, I how, just... do you do that with her? Do you ever say, like, I never used to do this? Uh... I say that about sports all, like, every time I watch sports, which is every day now.
1: Yeah, right. You're like I never used to do this. <laughs> I never used to uh, no, care with about. Well, Caitlin, I think it's more like uh, emotional work and and mm. things like I um, just kind of working <laughs> I'm trying on trying to communicating think about like. I never used what? to have to to communicate this much. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is, I don't mind communicating, but like I think. Oh, we love it's communication. We loved it. That's what we, that's what podcasts are. It's just In fact, didn't, either. didn't one
0: of our spouses say that? that were over didn't wasn't it caitlin who said that you were an over or was it
1: mark that said that i was it was my i don't know either way they were accurate whoever it was so yeah. my question is where do we draw the line between i appreciate you and cherish you and cherish like the things about you that make you uniquely you and mm. support you in those things and i participate in those things
0: here's what i would put out there i don't think you have to draw the line I think you're just always constantly feeling it out, like very gently, like you're in a dark room, blindfolded, just kind of feeling your way through, you know, Um, you can't because sometimes it sometimes you need to compromise and things change and we change in our relationships. And I feel like it's it's hard to draw a hard and fast line and you need to be checking in constantly in every situation, which is a lot of work. But like. That's what an attuned partner in an ideal world would do. It is a
1: lot of work, but it's also like a huge weight off my chest. Because I'm always looking for like, because in, in the classroom you make a rule and then like you in, you it, kids adhere to the rule, the rule is there, it's a routine mm-hmm. and you don't have to think about it anymore. Same thing with like yeah. healthy eating choices. If you just decide like what your parameters are, you just eat within that, you know what I mean? Like you just have to yeah. stop making the, de- you don't have to make the decisions, like say yes, no to every single cookie that comes your way. So there's right. the, that, that, I want to make that rule But I think it's also really relieving to know that I don't need to make it because we – because marriage is a long game.
0: (laughs) It's, again, there's the trust, right? When you trust that it's all fine in the long run and that everything is okay and that fundamentally that you both have each other's best intentions at heart. Yes. When you trust that and both of you are willing to work – there's no need to solve the, the thing now, you know, right. there's no need to, and, and to me it helps to really sink, this is going to sound so therapeutic, like mumbo jumbo, but like to sink <laughs> into my feelings <laughs> my about something. Stuff. Yeah, I know. sink into your
1: feelings. I love yeah, that. Just yeah, just sink into your
0: feelings. So like if you're, if Mark really wants me to come out on a Friday, I'm going to sit there and instead of saying I don't go out on Fridays because I don't go out on Fridays, I find that sometimes I do go out on Fridays, you know, like yeah. so sometimes I want to. So I'll sit there and I'll really like feel how I feel. And if I feel like I want to go out or if I feel like I want to go out, I'll go. If I really feel like I don't want to go out like so strongly, if I, my feelings feel really strong about it, I'll say no and I'll, st- and I'll stick to the hard line. But if I'm like kind of wishy-washy, then I'll consider the greater purpose which is like a happy marriage. Yes, right? You know, you just feel it out as you go because honestly, the line shifts from day to day for me, it can shift from like mood to mood. Yeah. And
1: I think that's part of the if you are like giving the gratitude to your marriage that that we should be, I think that that makes space for for some work in the in the every second, in every moment. You know, and allowing that that space for you to decide in the moment because it is something Mm -hmm. that is we're so grateful for we're so important to and we're so beholden to in so many ways yeah that's
0: that's the key to it is that you need space right like i need space in all things i feel like i rush decisions because i have like i feel emotional about them and i don't take the space to like just feel the emotion and recognize that i like i can make a good choice and i can do that in my relationships too and sometimes a good choice is like holding the firm line and saying, no, I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel right want to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I was just listening to a podcast to bring this to a much more shallow place. And they were <laughs> talking about watching TV. I'm not going to tell you the podcast because it's actually my recommendation for later. And he, the, one of the hosts was saying that they were watching an episode of something, and, and then he asked his co-host, like, did you go on and watch the next one? And she was like, no, because – um, I don't, I don't know if she'd have time or something He's was like, isn't it nice to just kind of sit with something and like mull it over in, in our culture of binge watching to not click next and just kind of sit and be like, what did I watch? What did I get from that? What is it? What was yeah. the director trying to tell me? And it's the same thing in our marriages, letting ourselves sit with things rather than needing to like, and in my case, like respond and fix it right away is yep. so fascinating.
0: Yeah. And for me sitting with things instead of automatically saying no. You know, this is a new thing for me, I think, since we moved to Pennsylvania because I made such a huge change in my life that and I never in a million years ever thought I would ever leave Virginia. And if I left Virginia I thought I would go someplace like I don't know, like South. Um and so when I moved I here it like felt like
1: Portland. It's <laughs> so rainy in Portland. It's rainy It's there. true. It's true. The I people know, seem cool as shit, but it's rainy. That's why we haven't moved to Seattle yet because we love everything about Seattle except we've here it's rainy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you know what? The older I get, the more I'm like I need my weather good. Like that's when I yeah, need this right? good weather. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it just felt like a huge sacrifice for me. So I think that ever since I've been here, I've been very um I've guarded my my personal time and my autonomy very jealously to the point of I think that I'm a little too um protective of it. So it's that's an area of growth for me.
1: It's it a, is, yeah, it's a, And it's also a pendulum, I think it, it's not until you learn to like, sometimes you need to learn to draw your boundaries, boundaries by overdrawing them, you know, mm-hmm. and then realizing like, okay, now I have these firm boundaries, I can back it up in a way that feels comfortable to me, you know?
0: Yeah, like, I, now I feel I mean, again, I'm gonna put, translate this to therapy language. But like, now I feel safe. So I'm willing to retreat. And let somebody else come in a little bit, you know? And that's what it is, is that now that I'm here, I want to be sure that nothing else about me has to change. And now that it's been two years, I'm softer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of... Because he's not asking me to change. He's just asking me literally to, like, just pick up my shit and move. Right.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Yep. Well, um, speaking of how you're feeling, would you say, how would you say, what is the state of your union?
0: Oh, my gosh. Gosh. I would say right now, uh, the theme of the last week and a half has just been illness, and that sounds so grim. Um, I'm gonna I know. tell um, to a brief funny story about that, but like I've been sick, um, super sick. I feel a lot better now. I'm I swear that it's the juices that i've been making i've been making these like orange like citrus heavy with like ginger and garlic and greens like juices every day for three days and i've gotten better and it might just be that it was like day seven of my sickness and that's why i was getting better but i'm gonna say it was the juices then (laughs) then my poor father-in-law had a big health event and it's just been like really not doing well and that's been a massive stress on the family um just because we're concerned about him and it's just been like that's just been a big challenge for us I guess. Yeah. It was pretty serious like on um he like had to be in the hospital for a couple days and so we're all just kind of and for me that's been a challenge because I've been trying to figure out how to navigate being a being in this family but also not a in the position to give advice or opinions so much um about like how to handle his health and, like, how to help him the best and whatever. And that's just been something – I was actually talking with my boss about it today, like, learning how to be a good wife in that situation when your spouse's partner is – learning to be a good spouse when your spouse's parent is um, ill and maybe not making good lifestyle choices. Um, Right now, I'm in a phase of maybe putting up some really thick boundaries on that, so maybe when I feel safe again, I'll retreat. But, like – I just feel like maybe I got I get over emotionally involved, but then I feel like I need to be involved because I want to show that I care, and so that's just been. We can talk about that. A, like we could do a long podcast. Well, about I was that. gonna
1: say. I mean, that is the next phase. Is it Erikson? that has all the phases of development. In uh-huh. the last, like you know, autonomy versus independence. Yeah. Like, oh like God, that that's last the theme. Phase? It's yeah, and like that's that last phase of. Um, Becoming caretakers for the people that were our caretakers is coming for us, and like, and not in like an imminent scary <sighs> way, but in like a—it feels scary like, for me. But well, yeah, it's it is truly the an entirely, it's taking all the skill set that you think that you feel proud of in your mid twenties or your late twenties. <laughs> yeah, uh, that you feel proud of, that you feel like okay, great, and then it's like putting them to use in the most heartbreaking, terrible. Way. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I so think... so many people at work right now that are dealing with that, and, and even in the very end-of-life stages that are dealing with um, deaths of parents or in-laws, and or or deciding that in-laws can, or parents can no longer live independently, and how to make those choices, and when. and Yeah. There's yeah. no guidebook for that.
0: There really isn't. And again, for me, it's one of those take it in a moment-by-moment moment type of a thing. Um, I'm really grateful that Mark and I are at least on the same page and like with all things dealing with in-laws I think that the most important thing I've learned this through the course of doing this podcast with you that like the most important thing is a united front and that like yeah it's okay if you have issues it's okay if you have issues but as long as you and your partner are a united front yeah, then like that's all that matters and so I feel really grateful that Mark and I have been talking a lot about these things and he's been super yeah. supportive
1: of me and I've and been what great practice with him. for parenting too Oh my god! Um, Also, additionally, I'm only my mom is like one of our most fervent listeners, and I'm just cracking up thinking I know, I know what she's gonna say, and she's gonna quote Monty Python, and she's gonna say, "I'm not dead yet." (laughs) Oh my god! I hear you, and I know you're not. (laughs)
0: Well, <laughs> you are not. I'm talking about my father-in-law, who is very, like, definitely not Sandy. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out to my favorite listener. Yeah, so yeah, it, that's right. been a challenge. And then randomly, and then this is kind of a funny story now that it's over, Um, and randomly Millie, uh, my dog, oh God, yeah. went blind for six hours on Sunday. <laughs> um, She... Okay, so I've thought a lot about it. So we... Mark came home at, like, midnight on Saturday night. I was asleep because I was sick, Um, and he was, like, trying to take the dog out, and normally what he does is he just stands by the back door and, like, clicks the leash, and, like, clicks the little clip on the leash, and she hears it, and... And she's like, bing! Yeah, immediately, like, zooms to the door. Millie is 11, so she's old, but you would never know. Like, people think she's a puppy all the time. Yeah, right. Excuse me, guys. Was Katie. I know! Man, I thought I was ready for this. I got my yeah. trusty uh, in addition to my yingling, I also have water cuz I'm responsible.
1: Well, my dog is nowhere to be seen, so Katie coughing can be already drinking game for tonight.
0: That's great. <laughs> drink when I, drink when I'm coughing. Yeah. Um, good solution, Lauren. So ah, No problem. Anyway, this night he comes in, he clicks the leash and she doesn't jump off the bed and I it, she hears it, but she's, like, I wake up because she's, like, hesitating on the bed and, like, is obviously, like, she's just rustling around a lot. And so she won't jump down. And then we put her down on the ground. She's, like, running into walls. She wouldn't walk down the stairs. Um, then Mark tried to get her to walk up the stairs, and she fell through the cracks in the stairs. She just didn't see mm-hmm. them. Oh, um We would, like, snap our fingers, and she would look in the direction of the sound, but, like, into the middle distance. She was blind as a bat. I swear in my life, if Mark hadn't witnessed this, I would have thought that I was hallucinating. So then we woke up the next morning. It was, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. We were both kind of, like... It was a, that weird time of night where nothing seems real at all. It kind of seems like a dream. So you were like, we'll deal yeah, with it in the morning. Yeah, like, okay. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Which, mirag- like, this is, all again, more preparation for parenthood. This always happens with Millie. that it's, like, midnight and we have to deal with some Millie crisis. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks, Millie. Yeah. Training us. Training us for parenthood. So the next morning we wake up, it's the exact same. And I was so upset. I was, like, sitting on the ground crying. I was... It was so tragic to me because she seemed so yeah. scared. She would, like, walk... She walked over me and like stepped on my feet and like she just is like pathetic. And so then we went to we went to church. We put her in the in her kettle and went to church. And when we came back, no joke, she could see again. It's like we prayed for it and
1: went away. Okay, it's not Lazarus. You And that's <laughs> yes. like in the Bible story where Christ puts the the mud on the eyes of Yeah. I don't know. About the blind man seeing. Yeah, uh-huh. like a blind man. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's like no. the most famous Bible story next to Noah really. Hmm. I think it's a really It's a story I know very well and I don't know the Bible very well. So, okay. all right,
1: yeah. No, I, I hate that blind man see thing. I was just yeah. thinking,
0: does he have a, a name? I don't know what it is. Well, anyway, know. that was Millie. She yeah, was the canine know. that that Bible figure. And now Mark and I think that she was just doing it for attention. So <laughs> <laughs> the little Millie. that little brat.
1: Oh man. Tons yeah, so the weirdest and best.
0: That's the state of our union over here. We're busy healing and recovering and accepting and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's
1: that's and the thing is it's not like what's your decision decision on your union. What's your, your uh your grade of your union? It's like what's oh, the Oh, we're doing of it? great. It's just yeah. like
0: that's the state of it. That's
1: how it <laughs> that's is. The, those are the things we're
0: dealing with these days yeah and i would think you know uh, when we were talking about the connection versus autonomy stuff you know what i was thinking yeah. is that mm-hmm. when mark and i are home alone together sometimes i don't like it when he's home because i feel like i feel watched and that's a consequence of our place being too small that like he can see everything that i do yeah. um and i like that makes me feel uncomfortable um for whatever reason <laughs> i'm not but allowed to the, watch
1: the duggars when caitlin's home
0: <laughs> oh i that doesn't surprise me I god i love her she's so sweet um <laughs> hey listen you have She's to really true all of the things values.
1: that make you... Oh, my God. That girl... Oh, she doesn't try
0: that to change it. Values. She just tries to work around it. She accepts I mean, yeah, you. <laughs> I think she wishes it would change. <laughs> yeah, well, she... Well, there's some things I wish would change about Mark, but I accept yeah, them. exactly. I, mean, I guess. Well, anyway, I don't even remember what I was saying, but... Um, when you feel watched... Oh, yeah. then when we feel connected. The times when he's home, and I like that he's home, are times when we're both leaving each other alone, but when we, like, walk past each other, we, like... Well like high butts. five or like yeah, yeah or like oh. wink at each other or do something funny. Butt slap. Mm-hmm. Yeah or butt slap right, exactly. A butt yeah. slap. This is a family show. No, it's not. It's random gonna... explicit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say I, that ha- that happens less
1: now that I that we live with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> we try to go right, like exactly. high five or like a nice kiss. Yeah, or pound it. Um but yeah, that's our <laughs> like that's when
0: I feel connected, that like we're still paying attention to each other, but we're just separate. And that's how um with this like illness thing, like that's been good that we've been like dealing with it, but we've been still connected through all of it. So that's been nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like that's checking in with
0: stuff. each other and making sure each other's good and yeah. yeah. Even right. though Mark slept like on the couch we'll for three nights with? in a row because I was snoring so loudly and grinding my teeth and I couldn't wear my mouth guard because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: man, you yeah guys, you were really hit hard with that illness. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a comedy of errors. Uh what about yeah. you? Um, things are good. Caitlin is currently, uh, out of town. And that's not why things are good. <laughs> that's sounded <not
0: enough. laughs> um, Oh Um,
1: They really are. In, um, we're the post holiday, like calm down is a nice little moment. Um, and you know, I, I feel like we'll be in that, in that phase for like the next few months, just like a lot of, you know, calming down. Um, one moment that just did, uh, make me think about, um, I think that the way that we're kind of growing towards each other. So um, I hope this is not your recommendation because it's <laughs> everywhere. Um, but it's the show Tidying Up on Netflix, which is Marie Kondo.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's not my recommendation, but I endorse that.
1: Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. I, I have been like following this, the the creation of this like particular piece of media for a while. I've been very excited about it coming out. Um, because Caitlin's out of town, I've only watched two episodes. I'm not allowed to watch anymore until she gets back (laughs) because I love it. Yeah. That's how marriage works. Um, yeah okay so just quick background i came up from a background a, a, a military family we moved a ton my mom is um a, quite a very tidy person she keeps the house like neat and clean and homey like not quite to laura not, not that laura's house isn't homey but it's not quite like you can't touch you don't have to take your home. shoes off exactly well you do actually <laughs> well okay so yeah but you can you don't have to be afraid of stuff. spilling something yeah, you can spill stuff, and that's okay, and we'll just clean it up, and it's not a big deal. Like, and it's not yeah that without a without capability. feeling like someone's gonna stay awake all night about it. Yes, exactly. Um, and so my our house, my house was very clean, and Caitlin's family dynamic is a little bit different. Her family like loves a chachki, you know what I mean, and like so yep. they just like stuff a lot around her house, and so I relate. Our, Our roommate ship, which we'll get into, um, has been kind of a struggle between, like, we don't need that crap and, oh, but I like it. You know, like, and going between those. So, and I'm always, like, we need to get rid of this. Caitlin never knew about, like, going through a closet before. She just was, had her clothes. Those were her clothes. And then sometimes she bought new ones. But, like, those just, just had clothes. And, like, yeah. Like, I go through my clothes Weekly, honestly, when I'm like flipping through my clothes and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this uh, shirt, I just like put it in a pile and it goes in a bag, and three months later it gets dropped off at Goodwill, you know?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, I do it seasonally for sure. I I oh, love yeah, a closet for sure merch. seasonally. I love yeah,
1: it. me too. I like having things that I love to wear. Um. Mm. So anyway, we just have different perspectives on that kind of stuff. We're watching tidying up together, and there's this moment where Caitlyn, like unprompted, looks at me and goes. I, this makes this show makes me feel like my wife isn't so crazy. And it was just so <laughs> sweet and so tender. Yep. And, like, just such an acknowledgment of, of, like, I feel like it's been the fight of me. Like, I don't want the thing. I don't want the thing. I don't want the thing. I want clear surfaces and, like, a neat house and not a ton of stuff around. And, and Caitlin's, Caitlin's little cute little <laughs> adage that she always had um have had expressed before is that she doesn't want less stuff. She just wants a bigger house to put her stuff in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and which is, I think adorable, but also annoying because I want less stuff. And it was just a nice little moment. So I think yeah. all our union is, is in a happy, happy little place. And we're, you know, <laughs> learning and working together. And yeah. That, stuff.
0: that is, it reminds me of one of the old things that we used to say all the time at my last job which was sometimes you just need to hear the message in your language that like that you can hear the message over and over and over and over again. But if it's not spoken in your language, you can't hear it. Um, and it sounds like Marie Kondo
1: is Caitlin's language. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the, the beauty of the show is that her houses don't look staged when she's done with them. No, they they look like those people's houses. Yeah, exactly. They just are, you can breathe in them. And just a yeah. little, like, I <laughs> I will say that Caitlyn is 100%, 150% better at folding than I am. And she's mm. really, like, working not so patiently. She wouldn't make, I, I've decided that Caitlyn would not make a great teacher. <laughs> because I will, like, I'll, I'll try to do something, and she'll be like, that's wrong. Well, can you can you help me? And then by helping me, she'll just come over and fold it for me. If well, she's efficient. A condo, she's, she's efficient. She's efficient. She's efficient. Marie Kondo gives amazing advice on how to fold things and how things should look. And I've always felt I like love I want, that advice. I know, I always It's want, so practical. That. Caitlin has always folded things that way. And that's why I always feel like putting away the laundry is is something... Like, I'll do it, and I do it more frequently because it matters to me to have the laundry put away. But when Caitlin does it, it's such a gift because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so much neater. Like, it's so much prettier.
0: Yeah. looking at
1: all the things that she has folded right now. And they're just nice, neat little stacks.
0: Do you know one of the things I'm very good at is making my bed... I make oh, it you are every, good at making a bed. I make it every single day and I'm very, very good at making it. Like it's extremely I care a lot about my bedding. I care a lot about how it looks. And I swear on my life, like I think it's it's a key to like feeling good in my house. My my bedroom is my cozy place. Like this is my that's my sanctuary. Um Mark refuses to learn how to make a bed because he, like, I think that he can. He just won't because he doesn't want, like, he thinks that I make it better. So he'll, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> if I ask him to make the bed, he just, like, slops it together. <laughs> well, yeah, he's being lazy. I think that's yeah, probably that.
1: <laughs> what Caitlin feels like I do when I try to make the bed. But she, I mean, she's got the hospital corners thing down. So I just. Oh, I go I that's an unrealistic
0: standard. I
1: know. She makes a bed great, but also it doesn't matter. She is better at cleaning and tidying, but she doesn't care about it the way that I do.
0: Ugh, it's like how my brother is smarter than me, but, like, doesn't care doesn't. about academics the way that I do. Yes,
1: ugh, I love my <laughs> It's such a, we should have
0: switched brains. Yes,
1: like, at least um, I was bad at it, I didn't care about it.
0: Yeah, right. You, what I love about Marie Kondo is that she, I swear my life I want to use it for, like, uh, a therapy group, because she teaches people <laughs> emotional great. intelligence, and yeah. she teaches them how to be okay with, um sitting with feelings and she the whole point of the entire method is to get in touch with your emotions and like Mm. that's the entire point of the method is to get in touch with why do i have that this in my house is it because i truly cherish and value it if you do then keep it and display it and and spend time with it and honor it and love it and it just made me really think like instead of getting more stuff why don't i take some time to like Love the stuff that I have, and yes. I feel like maybe
1: that's why this is an international bestseller. <laughs> yes, yes, because it's it is spiritual, like yeah. on top of oh, your the outer order, yes, the inner peace to Gretchen Rubin. But
0: yes, Gretchen and you know what? If you want to
1: watch their the same book, I agree.
0: If you want to mm-hmm. watch another show that's similar to Tidying Up in mm-hmm. like Vaught kind of lab, oh. um cooked the Michael Pollan show on Netflix. I don't know if I've tried to get you mm-hmm. to watch this before. It is it like makes me think about food in a spiritual way. It is so oh. so beautiful. It is so okay. good. It I'll, like oh, you'll love it.
1: I think you'll love it. I'll give it a try. I am not a cooking show person. This is a thing I didn't know until I married somebody who was a cooking show. Person. It isn't
0: a cooking show. It's not. No. It's a, like about food. It's about like it's more of like a like a documentary mm. about um like there's they talk about like the history of bread and the original bread makers and like they go back to like people that make their own bread in the Fertile Crescent today and like it's just it's so good. It's so good. You'll love it. You Watch it
1: and tell me I'm right. I haven't watch heard anybody, me anybody me outside of 5th grade talk about the Fertile Crescent.
0: The Fertile Crescent? <laughs> why? Oh, the reason I think about the Fertile Crescent is because I can never remember where all of the countries we're at war with are and so um, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I really know where the Fertile Crescent is. So I always <laughs> <laughs> via the Fertile
1: Crescent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Was it Midlothian Public School System? And Rico <laughs> County Public School Enrico System. County. <laughs> number two in the state of Virginia.
0: Hell
1: yeah. It's number one Fairfax. Probably. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Yeah. Great school system. Um, um, spoken like uh, somebody who taught there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Okay, so that all of this is very good segue or very good fodder for our topic today, which is our spouses as as roommates and Katie, you came up with this idea. So I wonder wonder if you can talk about where this came from or what you were thinking about when you introduced the idea.
0: It came up in a conversation about Caitlin and you, didn't it? I mean, I can go and look at our G chat history. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe. See, We've I have G-chatted a lot today. That's way back in our history. So, mm. I feel like one of the things that I think about a lot is if Mark were just my roommate, would he be a good roommate? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. I and I wonder and I think about that for myself a lot, too. Like, if I because and mostly, it's not even I think about Mark. I think about it for myself. Like, am I I that's my standard by which I measure am I living up to my responsibilities in this household? Because with a roommate, I feel like I would be a lot more self-conscious. So I ask myself like, would I be, if I had a roommate, would I be doing more? Would I be chipping in more? Um, if Mark was not my husband, would I be like participating more? Um, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I think about, like, it's just a standard that I hold myself to. And I wonder, like, I, I you should always treat the people that you love better, um, but I treat the people that I am like less self-conscious in front of worse sometimes because right. <laughs> I'm just right. like myself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I,
1: that's a very like common way of thinking. Interestingly, so I, this is, maybe I come how up having not- to do
0: with you and Caitlin being like
1: tolerating tchotchkes. maybe that's what it was about. Potentially, could be. Yeah, yeah. I, and I and I don't really tolerate. Because I tchotchkes. I remember Although I'm you looking around right now, recently. and I am just surrounded by tchotchkes. Like I have, you know, I, don't know I do think you is. have quite a few tchotchkes. They're not Assuming mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your house is cozy. It yeah, has a flow. No.
1: Well, we also don't have a house. Your room. <laughs> I mean, but I
0: know your room is has your house just moved to a new. Box. I mean, we've not,
1: we have never had more than one bedroom. Like we've never had like space yeah. for you know in the in the. the God, American here I dream. am complaining about being on top of each other. Uh, I, <laughs> I know you. You have walls, although you don't have doors. We don't have doors. It's a quirky house. It's a quirky. Yeah, it's a quirky little house. It's a quirky little house, though. I love um, it. Okay. I don't want to move. So this this is how Katie and I were thinking about this topic. This I, the idea of how how would do we operate with our spouses as roommates? On, and then there's like the marriage part on top of that. Interestingly, what the internet calls a roommate marriage is a sexless marriage. Oh, so I found all this stuff that I was like, this is not relevant because it was like, if am I are we spouses or just roommates? Oh, yeah, huh. it was fascinating. Um, I, I think also, well. In the lesbian world, we call that bed, de- like lesbian lesbian dead, bed dead. death. like lesbian bed death. Yeah, that's a thing.
0: Like, there's not, I'm a trying real, to think. not
1: necessarily a real, realistic thing that like, happens all the time, but that's like a, a trope in the queer in the queer women community. Yeah,
0: there's a subreddit called Dead Bedrooms, um, about like hmm. people who, but nobody. That makes I haven't sad. heard that before. Yeah, it yeah. is sad, but it yeah, also makes me happy that people like seek out advice for it and want to work on it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That's true.
0: Well, anyway, sure. I when I think about it, I, hold, I think about it as, like, what are the... So what do you think... I can easily talk... Mark and I had this conversation earlier about, like, what makes him... I think Mark is a great roommate, if maybe a little rigid. Um, <laughs> I, like, he... I asked him what he looks for in a roommate, and he said, I look for somebody, who, like, he says that he holds all of his roommates to the same standard that he holds himself, and I said, well, can you give me an example, and he said, well, like, if there's dishes, I want them done that night, not the next morning, and I was like, see, now, sometimes I think you're a little rigid, um, and that's something that, like, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, like, I, but I definitely, because it matters to him, I definitely try to, I try to do it, even though sometimes I mean, I'll be like, a person you're being ridiculous. That I
1: feel like generally has a ton of dirty dishes for for extended periods of time.
0: Oh, well, here's another reason why he, he and I talked about this that we both were both really clean, and he's clean yeah. because it's how you should be. Like, so Mark is somebody who, when he graduated college, it was extremely important to him to be competent and independent. He was like an, ready to be an adult. He didn't want his parents to help him with anything. He taught himself how to be like what a man, like, I hate this that I'm about to say this, but like what an adult man should be, which is mm-hmm. like somebody who can do their laundry and somebody who knows how to cook a meal and somebody who can like, you know, buy a car on their own, stuff like that. And he he did all of those things. Like independence. He, was he wanted ex- to be like an independent adult. Yeah. And, and capable and competent. Yes. Not like a... Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't... I just feel like that was... It, and he was also on his own like far away so it was very important to him so for him cleaning is part of how an adult is right he's very rules oriented and rigid for me cleaning is an aesthetic thing i like to i like things to be pretty and they're prettier yes. when they're clean and yeah, like me. i i don't give All a right. shit whether it's clean or not situation. yeah i just want it to be attractive <laughs>
1: Yes. Otherwise, I don't want to be here.
0: I'll go somewhere else that's pretty.
1: Yeah, that's literally me. The number of times that I've woken up and been like, it's messy. I'm going to go to a coffee shop or something. Like, just. Yeah. Where it's messy. Um, yes, that's, that I can relate to very hard. But it balances well, out because we clean. I am not. Yes, true. True, true. I like things to be clean. I don't like too clean. Caitlin, I wouldn't say that she likes things she to be dirty. Care, <laughs> she doesn't care if things are clean or not. Uh-huh. Um, to a point, but when there are, is she, because she's a girl, she, that girl is all about the ritual. So when they're, if we're doing something, we're going to go away for a weekend or something. The room has to be clean before we go. Like that's, yeah. there's a ritual to, to it. And she doesn't tidy and she won't just like clean a little bit. She's going to clean. She's going to like clean. You know what I mean? Oh,
0: Mark and I do that too. But we love, that's because like both of us take a deep pleasure in coming home to a clean house. It's like the most pleasurable thing in the world to come home after a trip to clean sheets.
1: Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Um, But you're not like that? No, I am. Oh, okay. Um, But that's, that's where her line is. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I just want things to be tidy all the time.
0: Yeah, um, you want it to be neat. Yeah. What other roommate quirks? Do you have any roommate quirks? Like, um, think back to the things that you hated or liked in roommates in college and elsewhere. And, like, think of... Does Caitlin do those? Like, one of the things that um, I know that i do is that i and mark said that i'm not respectful of his stuff like i'll take his nail clippers and i won't return them and i'll lose them or like um ah. he says that i'm not respectful of our mutual shared stuff like i'll leave the tv on all night and he's like you know that's gonna burn the plasma screen or whatever yeah, um man. and so he he says that i'm like i am not respectful of that and that's something that i think is annoying as a roommate like that's a roommate issue i think yeah i think
1: you know? for caitlin we Because we share, like, a much more intimate space, I think, like, my, my room roommates, like, the people I shared rooms with in college, um in general, I think they were – my freshman roommate and I just, like, kind of navigated around each other. And my sophomore roommate and I were friends. And so that was, like, more – Do you live on place. campus sophomore year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where? Yeah. Chapelier in the village. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um So that was all good. Like, all well and good. Uh, but I think – because I share a room, and then I'm also, like, sharing a room with somebody who we share possessions. Yeah. The the thing that gets me, and, and she has started to recognize this in herself, too, and been able to laugh at it. She will. I will go to work. And she's always had a more sporadic work schedule than I have because of just the nature of nursing. And now she's not working in the conventional sense. She's, like, working, paying to work in the uh, internship world. And, um, and so she has a lot of – she has always had a lot more – down, not downtime, but time at home. Uh-huh. Um, and she'll give me a list of ten things she's gonna do when I go to work. And she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna go to the grocery store. I'm gonna get stuff. I'm gonna make dinner. I'm gonna do laundry, and I'm gonna clean out, like, clean up the bathroom or whatever." Right. So I get home, and she's like, "So I cleaned out the dryer lint." Ooh, like, that's wow. the only thing. <laughs> like, well, I had to take apart the dryer to do it, and I got all the lint no. down in there, and then I saw. <laughs> And, like, this whole story, and I'm like, oh, girl, cool, 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 cool. So do we have dinner? No. Do we, did you do laundry? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my God. And I love her so much. But I, like, in those moments, I am a person who I know where to, like, put a time. Like, is maybe it's a teacher thing or just, like, a logical person thing. I, I <laughs> will give a certain amu- amount of time to a task. If the task doesn't happen in that time, okay, great. We're moving on. You know what I mean? Here's what I, I don't need do. to take apart the dryer to clean out the dryer lid. Well, she does. She know that now that mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. Did you um, show the other her? day? She, <laughs> she, she, she. I have really wanted her. So we have again one room. There's a, a big desk in it, like an L shape, like very West Wing, which is where I'm sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Caitlin thinks that this is her desk, but it is not. It is our desk. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, what's furthermore, I what's it furthermore. It all the time. What? furthermore, <laughs> I look at it all the time and so I'm always like, I want it to be clean and neat and she has tchotchkes, but as long as you arrange them artistically, then we can you know, we'll move on from yeah. like that and I asked her like three times, like hey, could can you clean the desk or whatever and finally she comes, she, one day she's like I really am going to clean it and I get home and she's like so <laughs> she's like, I went to go put our passports away and then I realized that our important folders file is like just chaos and so I started organizing all this stuff And so so anyway does she have ADD oh my gosh
0: it sounds so
1: ADD uh, <laughs> so hyper focused she does hyper focus <laughs> and distractible at the same time yeah no she's very not and she's so responsible Very responsible. Not that people with ADHD are She is an enigma. She, I don't understand her. She is a woman unto herself. I've got, I've got 50 years left to get a, to to get a grip. (laughs) this, this, This wonderful, weird person I married. You know, I feel
0: like one of the things that Mark and I as roommates are, um, struggle with is each other's habits that the other one doesn't. Wait, actually, before I ask this question, I had had a thought a second ago and I'm afraid that I'm going to lose it. So let me ask this okay. other one instead. Yes. Is there anything of Caitlyn's that you absolutely hate that you like want? Like a physical object? Yeah, that like you hate, but that
1: you tolerate because you love her? <laughs> um, I got rid of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did she know? You know what? That's, that's maybe not. Yes. Okay. I would never like just get rid of it. But um, she had like a stuffed animal collection, like weird, like like she would never tell you that she had one. But I would be like, okay, well like who's this one? She's like, Oh, that's for my best friend. It's is this like okay this to share I've on never... the podcast? <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because She would, would never tell you, but it. let
0: me tell you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, she would never say, like, I collect stuff, to handle. Yeah, she would never she announce it. But people would give them to her. And so then she would be like, Oh, this is like just this one. Like, Oh, and she can't get rid of it I because they feel oh. sentimental. And then yeah. And then this is this other one. I know and that feeling. This is one aunt my aunt fade for me. And this is one and whatever. And like and then It was, come to to a point where I was like, there's like five or six stuffed animals in our house. And I just feel weird about that. Yeah, I I don't want a single more stuffed animal. (laughs) Yeah. Or even one of these. Or even, and none of them. None of them are important, like... Sorry to everybody who gave Caitlyn a stuffed animal. I don't have... We're adults. I don't have any important stuffed animals because we're adult people. Yep. (laughs) And at this point, if you
0: have a really important stuffed animal, put that shit in a shadow box and put it on the wall as art.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. Or like put it away in a hope chest and give it to your baby one day. Yeah. Or like in a special box like Marie Kondo has. Exactly, and I think that may be what happened to a couple of them. But when we moved, we had some like tough conversations, like or as my my professional development would call it, courageous conversations. Mm, I where love made, that. We made some tough choices about like what what was coming with us and what wasn't, and there may be like one or two that ended up with us, um, but. I think it was like stuff like that, like that particular thing, just drove me nuts. I was like, "Why do we? We are old. We don't need stuff. To, we're adults. Mm, yeah, <laughs> we have sex. We don't need stuffed animals. <laughs>
0: yeah, we, this is not something that we need on the um, on the bed in which we make love. <laughs> yes.
1: And uh, in her defense, they were never on the bed, but they were around. <laughs> they were around the bed. I have a trouble with <laughs> Yeah. milly. Yeah,
0: it's essentially
1: a stuffed animal. Why? What so is my dog. You hate.
0: Um, Mark has stress? some mark has some sentimental sports stuff that i don't Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. for him it's more there are some i cannot think of anything like like clearly but i know that there are some things that like i hate where we have them but he insists that they be there because he thinks that it's the easiest thing yeah um like, if it were up to me, we would have everything put away in in cabinets. Yes. And he does not want that. He doesn't like that at all. Oh, here's what it is. He So this isn't something that he has. But if it were up to me, all of our mail would have a filing system, and I would never, ever have to see Mark says that I hate piles. I hate piles of I, mail, I of paperwork, piles. of magazine. I, and everybody who has ever lived with me who is listening to this podcast will attest to the fact that I... Will like scorched earth throw shit away because I I just if it's ugly I don't care if it's useful or if I need it I'm gonna toss it and so if, yeah. which is not and I'm not advocating for that behavior anybody um, that's just how I am I'm acknowledging my my flaws but <laughs> I definitely like Mark insists and he's correct that we need to have the mail on the counter or else we're not gonna address it. Um, and I just want to file it away in a little system. And so like once a year, I convince him that I no, I really am going to check the basket. I am. I will. And I, of course, never do. And then I've got like <laughs> 700 outstanding bill notices and, you know, uh, yeah, honestly. that is something that annoys Mark. But I the thing that I do the that definitely annoys him the most is that I I have had certain habits that he doesn't like. Um, and that, like, he doesn't want to be around, like, he doesn't like certain things that I watch on TV, or, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, 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 And I am not willing to, like, not do them, um, because they're, that's something that I, that's just part of me. Right. Um, and so I, and same thing with him, like, he, I, it, I mean, I feel like this is the only thing that I talk about, but, like, it's just the best example of something that is a contentious issue between us. I- if it was up to me, I would never turn on ESPN ever ESPN or something of the like is on my TV screen. If it was up to Mark, it would be the only thing on all the time, constantly just so that he could be watching it. And so I like, he's pretty respectful of me when I'm home that like, he will ask me if there's anything I want to watch on TV. So I have in my time learned to be very much more respectful of Mark about the habits that I have that he, or the things that I do that he doesn't like. Um, Like I'm not going to blast, you know, podcasts, and take a shower like which is one of my favorite things to do like take a oh, long hot shower and yeah. blast podcasts I'm not going to do that while he's like trying to get shit done around the house when we live yeah, in a shoebox yeah, yeah. so right but that is definitely one of the things that we work on a lot is like you know the same roommate stuff like you wouldn't blast music and um I oh gosh here's a terrible one I hit the snooze button and that is something that is a oh, bad roommate habit
1: um, yeah that's obnoxious I yeah yeah Caitlin does that too, although because just the situ like circumstances of our lives, we haven't had to deal with that. I am very much a person that gets up. I hear my alarm one time, I get up, but I spend. Oh, this is a fun. I would one. pay.
0: Okay. I would pay like a thousand dollars to be somebody who could do that. Okay,
1: like but I, I would don't, pay. It's not as good as it sounds. Like I'm not as. Good at it as I am as, as I sound so far in this conversation because I get up like an hour and a half, maybe two hours earlier. More, I guess I leave at seven. I get up at five thirty, so I leave. What, that's two and a half hours. Is that right? No, that's an hour, an hour and a half. half. An hour and a half um before I need to because I cannot jump into my day. I need to like get in, like get into the groove and get oh. into.
0: I'm the same way, Lauren. My, like, constant struggle is that I wish that I could get up at 5. I leave at 7.30. I wish that I could get up at 5 because I feel like my mornings are too short because I set my alarm for 5 and I snooze until 6.30. And I I need that time. Like, I need it.
1: Yes. I do, too. I do, too. I need – wait, you need the snooze time? No, I need the time to wake up. Like, I want to get up. I just –
0: I snooze. I snooze the alarm. I I can never, ever get up at the time that I want to.
1: Yeah. I no, always I, enlist
0: Mark always to help to me, up. and he and he does, and I still go back to sleep. <laughs>
1: okay, so here's what happens when you're married to Caitlin. <laughs> so I have to get up, and I, I like to watch TV, and in the morning I either watch, like, HG. It's, like, calm TV. HG TV or Gilmore Girls or something I've seen a million times. Something just, like, to calm me and soothe me into the day. So I'm watching that in bed, and I usually eat breakfast while I watch whatever, an episode of whatever, and then I get ready for the day. So Caitlin... Oh, like almost always gets up later than I do, and uh, or I guess when she was nursing it wasn't the same, but right now she's always getting up earlier than I or later than I am. And there was a whole period of our lives where she was like, "I don't want you to watch TV in bed while I'm like sleeping next to you," and I was like, "Huh, good point. Like that's like that's kind of a bad roommate thing to do." Mm-hmm. And so, so I was like, "Okay, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my morning routine, so I'll go watch in the living room." And so then there was this whole weird period where she would get so sad that I wasn't like. We have this thing about, like, our morning minutes, like, the minutes of the morning being, like, close and cuddly and, like, whatever. And she, so she didn't want me to watch TV in bed. And then when she realized, like, what it was like when I, like, got breakfast and, like, went out to the living room or somewhere else to watch TV and, like, do whatever I needed to do to get ready for my day, then she felt like she missed me all, like, just not missing. Yeah. like, the, I miss you, but, like, in a, like, I didn't get to see you this morning. She didn't
0: get to connect with you.
1: Yeah. And so now and so it was it was almost like we needed to do to go through that to for her. Now she's like, "Okay, now I do want you to come back to bed and like uh-huh. watch TV or whatever and she can kind of sleep while it's on and then like kind of wake up on her own speed." And in general, and she gets up and makes my lunch for me. Oh, she's a very good wife. And uh, she just always like does that it's, like she eventually kind of gets up on my same schedule. She's also a napper so she can go back to sleep later if she wants to. Yeah.
0: She is a good she's such a she's like a Boss snapper,
1: yeah, she's great. Night shift will do that to you.
0: Yeah, Um, Mark and I just got a TV in our bedroom. We got that for Christmas, and it's like I just went ahead and did it because I. How
1: did you have a TV in your bedroom before? Was that do we used to bring it in
0: there? I used to bring the TV into my bedroom because our couch. our couch is so tiny because our living room yeah. is so tiny that it's not comfortable for two people <coughs> who both want to stretch out. So people, I just bring it in my bedroom. We just lay on my bed and watch it and like I when you come over, that's what I do anyway and we sleep in my bed together. But when Mark, like I did that because I frankly want to cuddle while we watch TV. And right. uh, he made me swear up and down. I asked for it. I asked for the TV from my dad for Christmas. And I told – I asked for it without asking or telling Mark that I was doing that. And I told my dad it was a joint gift. So, like, that's – I just, like, spoke for Mark on that one. Yeah. Um, and so then I was I told him. And then I was like, this is why I want it. And when we move, we can get it out of the bedroom and put it in, in another room, in a spare room or a game room or something. And I want it, you know – for this and also news in the morning purposes. And Mark made me swear up and down that it wouldn't be something that we fell asleep to every night and I'm already struggling with it. So, although yeah. I I pride <laughs> myself, my like best quality as a spouse is that if I promise him something, I if I say I promise you this, I will I have not to this day broken a promise that I've made to him. So, if I I told him that I promised him and I'm normally extremely stubborn, so I told him that I promised him that we would not fall asleep with the TV on every night. So if he just tells me now we're turning it off, I'm like, fine, turn it off.
1: Fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I've locked myself in of thought on on the TV in the bedroom thing, and and the research says one thing, but the re, you know the reality of I and I'm not a TV on all the time person, but I do like TV and the times I like TV, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, and sometimes
0: you know I'm like. Sometimes I'm lonely and just want noise on in the background. Um, yeah, I like and frankly, you know what? My bedroom is my is the best room in my entire apartment because I told you earlier that it was my cozy space, but it also gets the best light. And so mm-hmm. when you're in my living room, it feels like a cave. And like I was just saying to Mark yesterday that you feel like you're gonna fall asleep at like. Two o'clock in the afternoon because it's so dark in there. And then you come in the bedroom and it's like rejuvenating. So that's where I want to spend my time. And this year is all about like doing what is best for my energy. So, so, so true.
1: So, if that so means true.
0: bringing a TV to my energy room, then that's what it means. Yeah. That's, I'm going to mix my higher self with my ego in that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Um, it's nice. So, what do you about, what about, um, you give me some recommendations for this
1: week. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I am recommending. So I previously recommended Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, which is a, a very hot take. She won a, the <laughs> Emmy, the, the Grant, the the Grant, uh, Golden Globe. Globe. Did you? See yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, you were not I, the
0: only one to watch it. Surprise.
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> I like to go for the, uh, the, the very underdogs. Indie, like low budget underdog. Yeah. Oh, speaking um, of
0: underdogs, sorry, real quick. Did you see the Eagles game last night?
1: Um, okay. So in our house, that's known as the bears game and we don't talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay.
0: In our house, it's known as I had a very happy husband.
1: I was going to um, text you because we went to see Rent yesterday. I took my father who, um, I've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh I don't know why dad wanted to go see rent, but he did. And so (laughs) as I guess, I don't know, a reward, we all went to Buffalo wild wings afterwards and watched a bit of the bears game. Um, yeah. That's a cute yeah. family outing. Yeah.
0: That's was, really cute. It's a funny one. Well, for the first time in my life, I, like, understood. F- it was exhilarating watching yes, that. And I was like, I'm I sure. get it.
1: I talked so. to my librarian or my librarian assistant about it today. She was like, my team. Well, she was all decked out in Eagles, like, glitter, like, bedazzled Eagles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of my patients wore, like, an Eagles, a tacky
0: Eagles Christmas sweater that had the stadium lit up and the the sweater was, I shit you not, Bluetooth enabled. So right. he could. I was like, so you have a stereo system in your sweater, <laughs> um, I and I said, unless you prove it, I don't believe you. Which might be yeah. it's not a nice thing for a therapist to say, but <laughs> yeah, wow. But he huh. didn't prove it, so we just have his so we word. Don't believe it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just have his word. So anyway, <laughs> anyway,
1: anyway. Um, marvelous Mrs. Basil. Uh, oh, all oh, right, all right, all right, right. Um, so I've been a longtime follower of anything Amy Sherman Palladino. Big, big mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls fan. Big. Bunheads fan, big <laughs> – they're the one-episode arc of Jezebel James. She's a um, Uh But, yeah, and, well, there was a podcast called Bunhead Bros. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I listened. Uh-huh. And, you love okay, that. I, I do. You love, love unexpected
0: that. gender reversals.
1: I do, which is exactly <laughs> – brings me back. So um, Gilmore Guys is a podcast that reviewed Gilmore Girls, hosted by Demi Adigewebe and um, Kevin Porter. Way to pronounce Kevin some Kevin Porter names. is – Oh no! Listen, I, that was like a very serious part of my like a very serious relationship that I had with Gilmore Guys. That was like most of my life for several years. Wow! Um, and yeah, it was it, it was a great show. I really liked it. I love and that. I've, I have followed Kevin through his podcasting um, uh, antics through the years, yeah. and he is now on the same feed. So if you look at the Gilmore Guys feed, you can find this podcast. He's doing one called the Marvelous Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Goys. <laughs> <laughs> which is a fun, which I love. Um, and it's with Alice Wetterlund, who also does the – she does a podcast about Star Trek called Treks in the City, which I know um, – I've never – I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I do know that one of my friends will wa- listen to every episode of Treks in the City without ever having watched an episode Great of Star Trek. Great podcast title. Yeah. Yeah, right. Great title. And I really – I think that the, the energy is good, the The conversation is excellent. They're both people who are very much inside not inside, but like have a knowledge of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend the Marvelous Mrs. Mazel Boys podcast and obviously watch Marvelous Mrs. Mazel because if you haven't, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, um, those are great recommendations, such great ways to spend your time, very mm-hmm. like highbrow, lowbrow at the same time. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. not yet watched season two, so.
1: Shame me if you want. It's, it's, no, I won't shame you because I just envy you because it's so good. Because I have the budget, yet to see it. Because she won all of the Emmys, uh, after the first season, so the budget is, like, at least triple what it used to be. Mm. It is a stunning, like, it's a, it's a visual feast. Uh, okay, I'll have to watch it. That's, mm. I'll start that tonight.
0: Okay, so, my recommendation is what I got Mark for Christmas that turned out to be the, the gift of the year, um... Mark requested – it's important to Mark that all of his um, lunch items that he packs for lunch every day are sustainable. He really is upset by the fact that we use Ziploc bags and, like, Mm -hmm. saran wrap and stuff like that. That's very – that hurts his heart. So – which hurts my heart because – that is the cutest, sweetest thing in the world. I know, so I just love him. I know, he just, he's perfect. So he, mm-hmm. for Christmas, I got him all, like, sustainable lunch supplies. Um, mm-hmm. I got him, like, reusable forks and knives. I got him um, reusable Ziploc bags, which are... Reusable forks and knives, no, also known as regular forks and I knives. I thought about that as it was coming out of my <laughs> mouth. They're, like, made from bamboo and they're hipster, and they come in a little pack, so... Um, <laughs> I got him, I got these reusable Ziploc bags which are 8 billion times better than the than regular Ziploc bags and they're made they're made of silicone they're called ReZip bags from Amazon oh, there okay. they the seal is so pleasurable to seal and that you can freeze Ooh. them you can microwave them you can dish they're dishwasher safe you there's like they you don't ever wear them out they're like you know infinitely reusable incredible we're going to buy like 3 more sets of these what's even better than those is this stuff called
1: bees wrap. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. How have you heard of this? Um, hippie, hippie people. I know (laughs) it is
0: the coolest stuff. Yeah, It is this. Yeah, it is this. Um, the website says it's the natural alternative to plastic wrap for food storage. It is a piece of what looks like paper, but it's made out of beeswax. And so when you, it, it has other stuff in it, too, so that it can, like, you know, hold its shape. But when you fold it around a, um, something, like whether it be over a, a bowl or around a vegetable or something, the heat from your hands heats up the wax and makes it stick to each other. And then it, when you put it in the fridge, it stays in that shape. And then you can easily unstick it, rinse it off, flatten it out, dry it out, and reuse it for, like, over a year.
1: That's amazing. It
0: is incredible. We're obsessed with it. It is. It works so well, and like it doesn't really leak liquid. I put it like on a um, on a lemon, and if you really press it, you can feel dampness. But it, you know. Otherwise, it does a good job, and it clings to everything. It clings better than saran wrapper foil, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I'm so obsessed with this recommendation. Yeah,
0: so I highly recommend Now, I will say, they're not cheap. Like, this is one of Mark's more expensive gifts, and there's four bags in the 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 rezip bags that I bought and I think that those were like $15. The Bee's wrap is like $25 and you get three pieces that are all different sizes, but it is so worth okay, so I'm looking I see it's $18. So that's not too bad. But it's so worth it Mark and I are going to buy it again. Um like buy more of it. We're obsessed yeah, with it. So
1: absolutely. get it, get it,
0: get it. Be more sustainable in 2019. I love it. Yep. Um
1: so Okay. I think that's our show. Did we spouse? I think we spouse. We did it. Okay, I'll talk to you later. I love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.